Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher, addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. I'm your host. My name is Chris Busher. I want to welcome you again today uh, to episode number 19. Uh, Today is another beautiful day here in God's state, the state of Iowa, here in the United States. I want to just thank every single person who has listened to the previous 18 episodes on this podcast. Uh, Your your help, your prayers, your support, everything that you are doing to help grow this show, uh, to get this show into the hands of people who need to hear it around the world, uh, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because you are doing the Lord's work when you do this. You are um, encouraging people to, to listen to what God is speaking Uh, You are pouring yourself into this. We get messages all the time from people around the world, Um, people who listen to this podcast episode uh, either here on, on, you know, a smartphone or a computer um, just with the podcast itself or they're uh, following us on our on Instagram. On, on YouTube or Facebook, all these different places where these podcasts are being uploaded. Um, this podcast is reaching people in various different places, including in, in CD format for some individuals um, who are actually um, incarcerated, who are not able to have internet access that we give um, these podcast episodes to. So thank you so much for every little thing that you are doing um, before we begin this podcast, I just want to open up with a with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get right into it. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your love and for your mercy and for your generosity. God, I thank you for every gift that you've given me, um, for, for the team here at Faith and Family Fellowship. God, for every single person that you are using for your kingdom. God, we ask that an increase. God, we are just asking that you continue to do your work, that you continue to minister um, to those that need to hear your words today. Father, and that this podcast episode, that that it reaches the right people at the right time, um, and that you just pierce their hearts with your message. God, we just thank you and we love you. We praise your name, Jesus. Amen. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Hi, James. How's it going? Well, things ain't going well. I have some debt that is really tying me down. I can't even get a house right now because of my low scores. It sounds like you need a debt coach. You should check out DreamLifeFinancialCoaching.com. Debt coach Jason Caminiti can help get you out of debt and build your dream life. Visit DreamLifeFinancialCoaching.com today. 
Ready to jumpstart your career? Want an adventure of a lifetime? Uncle Sam's International is looking for language teachers who are highly motivated and have what it takes to grow and expand their thriving ESL school in Brazil. We need teachers for English, Spanish, Italian, and more. Visit Uncle Sam's International on Facebook today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. My name is Dallas Montague, coming out of studio in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Here in the studio today, we have Jason Caminiti. Hello, Jason. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing well. That's good. Jason, before we, we begin, I would just like to open us up in prayer, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray thank you for this awesome day you've given us today, this um, podcast that you've put before us. And I just pray for Jason, and I just pray for myself that, God, you will lead this podcast for the both of us. I just pray that you open the hearts of our listeners, open the minds. I just pray that Jason can speak financial peace into our lives today, and then we can find freedom in both our lives and in our finances. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. For the first five or ten minutes of this interview, will you just share your Christian testimony with us and why you're a believer today? Okay. So I grew up in Newport, Rhode Island um, at a time when the city was kind of empty. There was um, not a lot of traffic like there is today. There's a lot of yachts down there and stuff. There, was, there wasn't much going on down when I, I was there. Um, so I, um, I ended up walking around a lot to get to like school. I, I had uh, My school was close and my, my family was close, so I went to see my grandfather. So I walked around a lot alone. Um, and I had some bullies that kind of attacked me. Um, and I was always a different kind of a person. Like I always knew I was a little different. I just didn't know exactly how. Um, but now I know I have ADD and Asperger's. Um, so that kind of helps me understand it a little more. But but back then I didn't know much and I didn't like school and I didn't like going to school and I didn't like getting up for school or any of that. So, um, so I remember spending a lot of time at night um, talking to God because nobody else would really listen at that time. And I remember talking, um, you know, talking to him while I was walking around and stuff like that. But that um, that kind of went away, and I became more socialized with people and, and got into um, school and so on and forgot about that. We had always um, gone to church. We went to um, an Episcopal church originally. Uh, my mother used to bring us there. But I didn't really believe in a lot of it back then. I didn't understand what they were trying to tell me. I thought that um, that it was kind of just this medieval thing that was out there that that people kind of picked up from somewhere a long time before that and they kind of made something out of it i never really understood it but um after 9 11 i was in college around 9 11 and after that i um i said all right so there's a lot of religious stuff going on and this is you know getting pretty pretty awkward here um if i'm going to say i'm a christian i better understand what it is so i decided to actually pick up the bible and read it prior to that i hadn't um, really read much of it I, I remember i picked it up one time and it said kill all the infidels and i was like whoa i don't know what that's about so i put <laughs> yeah. it down but um <laughs> so i started reading it and it, it it made a lot of sense at the time um i just said i'm going to read it from the front to back and I split it up from the um, Old Testament and the New Testament at the same time, so I'd be able to understand both. And I didn't know at the time anything about it, so I didn't know what I was doing was, was actually good to start at the back because that's where you started to kind of pick up all the information for the New Testament. Yeah. Um, so I, kinda, I got into that, and then um, I wasn't very good in school at all anyway, um, so I was having trouble with school, and I dropped out for a bit. Not dropped out, but I went out for a little bit to uh, work for my parents. Um, have a fish had a fish store down in Newport so I did that for a time and then I had previously done some public access and I met a, a pastor down there named uh, E.I. Osborne Jr. and um, 
he just said on his on his program one day when I was watching it, he said, um, you know, just uh, if you if you're ever in the area, come over and, and see me. And I said, you know, come to the church, come on down. This is your invitation. So I said, all right, that's interesting. So when I got to school, uh, back to school, I ended up um, off campus, and I had a um, uh, like a, a kind of a apartment that overlooked Boston a little bit, and. Um, it turns out that the church was in a uh, middle school, literally across from where I was. Like I could see it from my from my my window, huh. and um, Not that a was a big coincidence. So I thought, yeah, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, but that <laughs> that didn't really do it for me. But I just had this intense feeling, like something was telling me I needed to go. It wasn't that I wanted to go. It wasn't that I should go. It was that I had to go, and I didn't understand it at the time. Um, I understand it more now. But um, I, I believe that was the Holy Spirit telling me to go there, and, and that was obedience that I that I did. Yeah. One of the things that you said, you mentioned that God was the only one who would listen. Like, that is deep. Like, I think many people right. who are listening can, can even relate to that. When there's no one around, he's the only one that we can turn to, the only one with the real answers. And it's, so, it's interesting because um, I didn't really know him, but I did get to I, – I did kind of have a relationship before that, I think. And in my life, exactly, um, I knew who God was, but I didn't. It wasn't like real. I didn't know who He was. You know, I knew of Him, but I didn't know Him. Yeah. Right. And so, whenever you went to that church, um, where else? What else happened? Oh, so I walked into the church, and I was, um, uh, I was the only white guy there. So I walked in, but luckily, I knew I knew people, and I, I knew um, his sister, the the pastor's sister. So she kind of said, "Oh, come over here, come over here." I was like, "All right." So I went over there, and and I sat down with my Bible that I had. It was a New Living Translation, I think, at the time I was reading. And I, um, it didn't take very long for a couple of the uh, the older ladies to look at me and say, um, where's your Bible? Yeah. Like, Whoa, what do you mean? <laughs> so I had to end up getting a, a King James Version so I could uh, follow along properly mm. and ended up joining the church. Wow. And what age were you when you when that happened at that church? I was probably in my 20s, my early 20s Okay. at that time. Wow. And so today, what has what has continued to keep you in the faith from about 20 years old to today? So I kind of was out of it for a long time um, doing my own thing, and I started getting sick. But I'm not like deathly sick, but like I had a stomach issue um, where I was intense pain in the stomach, and I had a headache for 15 years during that time. Um, so I, I kind of end up in a depression and, and a whole, you know, really falling into the to that. And, and that's where I kind of, I was laying around a lot, you know, and is sick basically feeling pain and that that's kind of when i i got back to understanding to talking to god and understanding who he was and what he wanted for my life yeah and that's when i came back to him yeah um so jason you are a financial coach right you're a debt advisor and a financial coach right can you tell our listeners what exactly is a financial coach so what we do is we work with people to try to help them understand what their goals are in life like a lot of people myself included when I was younger, we, we just don't know where we're headed um, and, and how to get there. So one of the, thing, the first thing is we sit down and we say, well, what are your dreams anyway? What do you, what do you want to do with your life? And then we talk about, okay, how are we going to get to that, that, port, that place? And a lot of times, you know, like my own life, I, I've, I mean, I, had, I came from a good family. We had money, you know, not money, but we, had, we weren't poor. Yeah. But um, I didn't feel like I wanted to get anything from them. I, I didn't feel like I, uh, I felt like they, my parents kind of gave me enough. And so I'd move on. Um, so I, I started doing different things. I, I've had so many different lives now. It's like I've, um, there's times when I've sat on the couch and watched TV all day and worked. 
um, in the, you know, down in, down the street, two miles away. And I've worked um, in a retail where my father's uh, fish business. Um, and all those times I always had this goal in mind of where I was going to be. And it's kind of funny because I think when you get to that point, if you don't know that you're at that point and you don't realize, I think that's when it comes back and you kind of like, I, I got depressed and I had a lot of issues going on because of that. I think, because I didn't realize that I had actually gotten to where I wanted to be. And now I had to come up with the next step, Yeah, you know? So that's, that's another thing that we, we do help you uh, move on from that. Cause once you're successful, you, you want to build wealth. And of course, if you read the Bible, you, you know, you have to give and you want to give. Yeah. So that's, that's a big part of what I, I can't, that's what I really hope for is one day when I'm able to give, um, I'm, I'm not at that point now. Yeah. And so as a debt advisor and a financial coach, how did you become a financial coach? Like what, I know you said with your experience at your other businesses and those things, but when did, when was the turning point for you when you decided, yes, I'm going to become a financial coach? Right. Yeah. So I ran a um, couple of business. I ran my father's retail business for a little while. And, and I also ran a web hosting business for a company, um, for a web agency. And, um, at that time, probably when I moved to this city, which is uh, Fall River in 2007 or six, um, I started to get this feeling like, you know, I, I was I was working the debt free plan. I was getting out of debt and um, and I understood and I was getting like, you know, I could really help people with this if I could do this, you know. So I looked online and I found Rinzi and he was um, at the time he was doing something a little different. It wasn't quite this coaching, uh, but it was something slightly similar. And uh, I just said, you know, that would be a great thing to do one day if I ever get the chance. Um, so, of course, I got to here and I said, I've got things I got to do. I, I've got more free time sometimes than I have things to do yeah. in my life. So I said, all right, well, I'll jump into this. This is something I can do now. Um, and I've, I've become a Ramsey preferred coach now. Yeah, I've actually went through the Dave Ramsey program myself and it's, an, it's great. I use the, some of those tactics today, too. So, yeah. Oh, the uh, Financial Peace University? Yes, yes, the Financial Peace University. Yeah. That's a great program. And uh, if you get a chance to, uh, any of the listeners get a chance to do that, it's, um, you can go on the Dave Ramsey website and find a place to do that locally. Um, somebody like myself would set up a, uh, you know, maybe in a library and just um, teach that course. Um, that's, it's like you pay, you pay Dave Ramsey. We don't get any money on it, but it's just something that we do to, um, you know, to try to get business, but, but really to try to help people and, and, and learn from people. Yeah. Um, another question that I have for you is how do you use financial coaching programs as a platform to impact the kingdom of God? Well, I think, I think, you know, and I think everybody knows that most of America is in debt. Yeah. Most of America is living a, a style of life that is a debt ridden style of life. We, we, put everything on a credit card. I mean, if you talk to somebody coming out of college or, or even coming out of high school, um, it's almost a given that you're going to, the, the discussion is I'm going to have a car payment. It's going to be a car payment. Well, if I can just pay $400 a month, then okay, I'll have a car. And then for the rest of my life, I'll pay what, $3,000 a year, $6,000 a year for a car, you know? Uh, so I think the problem is, people need to get back to the basics and learn what the Bible has to say about money. Um, the, the Bible doesn't, um, it's right on my website. One of my favorite quotes is um, that God's not going to, um, to make you a borrower. He's going to make you the lender. Yeah. You know, so you're going to lend to many nations. So that, that's, I think where the kingdom should be. I think that if people understood the reaping and sowing um, that's going on in the Bible and, and the, um, the promises that God has given us um, to, to really make us do well, 
um, and really let us live the most powering life that we can. I think that that they would want to live this debt-free life. I think that people are living a life that they think is right because I don't think the school system has done a very good job of teaching us um, financial education at all. Yeah. And a question that I've heard many times is, I know what the Bible says about tithing. I know what the Bible says about tithes and offering and those things. But if a person would ask you, what do you think of the tithe? You know, is that required? Those things, like, what is your opinion on that? Well, if you really get into it, it's 30% of the tithe, right? Because you get 10% to the priest, 10% to God, and I forget, 10% to the government or something, I forget. But um, but the, the thing about tithes is, I don't look at it like something that you should necessarily have to do. I think because God loves a cheerful giver, I think he puts it on your heart to give. And I think that, that people who get too heavy into the whole tithing, I think that they can miss the point. I think the point of that is that um, you're basically, in a way, you're daring God. And he says, it, he says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, uh, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, saith the Lord Almighty, and see if I don't open the storehouse of uh, heaven and pour out so many blessings that there won't be room enough to store it. Yeah. And that's... That's not so much for the people at the time because God doesn't change. God's He has covenants, but He also doesn't. He has certain things about Him that don't change, and that's one of them. I think. I think that if you test God in this, which He says to do, um, I think you'll learn that you that giving really does give a lot back to you. Yeah. And that's something that I found in my life. A lot of people, as they get older, I'm 40 something now. Um, a lot of people, as they get older, I think find that more and more. The more you give, the more you get back, and it's not like. I give you something, you give me something. It's nothing like that. It's like, I'm just going to put this out there right now because God gave this on my heart to give to give him 200 bucks for a cause or whatever. Or one time I was at the ATM and I said, God, uh, he had been, <laughs> I'd been hanging out in um, Las Vegas. And um, it was funny. I was, I was in the spirit, so to say. Um, and I, um, I kept emptying my wallet to people like that I talked to, you know, I was like, oh, this guy needs it. You know, God's telling me to give it to him. So then I get to this ATM, I'm like, God, I'm not going to do this ever again, you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh. and then he, but he showed me two people that I saw on the way in. I said, all right, fine. So I did it. And then like, it was weird because like, I try to get out of there. I don't like giving money. I, I don't like that whole thing. Um, cause it feels weird to me. Like I just want to give it and get out. Yeah. Um, so I tried to get out. Some guy came up to me and was like, what? how did you know that that guy, those two were homeless and that other guy wasn't homeless? So I said, I don't know anything about that. I just know God told me to do it, and I did it. And then this other guy came up to me uh, that I'd given him money to, and he said, you know, I don't know what made you do that, but I was just having the worst time in my life. And that was, I'd asked God, and uh, you know, to, to show me something, and, and he said that was it. So yeah. It's like that, just, that simple obedience you were talking about in the beginning of the podcast. Like, right. God is just looking for simple obedience, and you were an instrument in the hand of God for those people. Right. And, and for me, it was, it was weird. I didn't like it, but, but, but I do, I, I like it sometimes. It's funny because sometimes he tells you to do stuff and like, <laughs> yeah. do I have to? You yeah. You like wrestle with it. You're like, oh, are you sure? Is this yeah. really God? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just me thinking it. Yeah. I've got indigestion. No, yep. <laughs> no, do it. All right. You know, I mean, you see the things in the Bible that these people do and it's like, wow, if I could just do a little bit of that, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really awesome story. Um, one of the quotes from your website um, that I stole from you was, my philosophy in life is that there is no final destination. Can you broaden this topic for our listeners? Yeah, so like I was saying, like I'm 42 now, I think. I, I, don't, I try not to um, 
really remember my age after 25 <laughs> because there's not much going for you after that. But um, but I'm around that. And um, honestly, I, I never really thought I was because I came from a background where my parents came from nothing. Um, and I, I'm at the second generation of that, you know, so I never really thought I would get anything from them. You know, they, there might be inheritance later, but that's not anything I would ever care about. Um, so I, I kind of like got to this point where I built my life to the way where I wanted to be. Like, I remember when I was a kid, um, I drew, they, they said, draw your dream house in one of the classes. And I did, I drew a, a Victorian style house because I lived in one at the time. So I had some idea and I, the mansions in Newport and stuff. So I think I had some idea and I drew like all these like nice dining room that I said, Oh, that'd be great. My wife can entertain there. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, my wife and I live here, we've got two dogs and um, you know, we're having a good time, but um, it's funny because I've been through so many different things. Like I didn't get married until I was in my thirties. Um, I've been, um, I worked for a number of companies. I went to school in Boston um, and I've kind of just been around, um, different, different places and different things. And, and I've had different lifestyles all through that. And, um, you know, some of those lifestyles, I was just kind of there doing it, you know, slogging through saying, you know, in the future, I'm going to be here, you know, I'm going to get there. And yeah. when I, you know, when I do, then this will all start. But, um, I, I, that's what I mean by that is that, so right now it might not be where I want to be, but in the future, I can have a totally different lifestyle. That's nothing like my lifestyle now. Um, that that's going to be the lifestyle I want. And that's how, that's how I think you set your goals and you kind of push towards that. Mm -hmm. One of those Dave Ramsey quotes that he always said in his videos were, uh, today you must live like no one else. So tomorrow you can live like no one else. And now that always stuck with me. Like, yeah, if I want to be financially free tomorrow, I have to live like it today too. And so that's, yeah, I really like that quote from, from those videos. Yeah. It's not, it's not easy living like that. Yeah. And, um, so it, he talks about beans and rice and things like that. And I, I do get down with that, but, um, but also there's sometimes it depends on the veracity and how quickly you want to, and how much you want to get out of that. Like my wife and I, like she wasn't willing to compromise on the quality of food. Yeah. So she's not going to put beans and rice in front of it. It's going to mm -hmm. be, uh, you know, we're going to get something, you know, that's healthy and do that. So, so we're a little slower, I guess, in where we're going, but, um, but we're, I think we're going to get there. The, the thing is, I, I got out of debt before I got married. Um, but then when I got married, my wife is an attorney, so we have quite a bit of uh, student loans. So that's what we're working on now. Yeah. Yep. And for me, being a missionary in Brazil, uh, rice and beans is a normal meal here, so it's, it's not too much different. So, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Another quote that I saw on your website was, um, many people don't recognize the real power that a debt coach can have in turning your situation around. Um, so the question I have is, what is it, when is it time to recognize that you should hire a financial coach? I think, I think you can always use a accountability partner. I think that if, if, you know, if you don't have a friend or somebody that knows this stuff, cause like I said, they didn't teach it in school. They just didn't. I, I mean, I took a class in it, but it was an elective. Um, so I think that, that if you don't really have that and you don't really have somebody that you can go to that can just tell you, this is you know what you got to do. And it's, that's not what we do. We don't tell you, this is what you're going to do, but we give you the opportunities and the things that you can do. Yeah. Like for instance, I mean, my father had a business um, where he did um, seafood. So he sold retail wholesale and then he got into the kitchen business to um, sell fried foods. But that's, 
that's like a means to a life. Like that was a means to his lifestyle to, to take care of us and give us the college that we want and all that sort of thing. So I think that's, that's part of what we need to do is um, when, when you work with somebody like me, we might have a little bit more experience in the business world, or we might have a little bit more experience in the life area um, that we can kind of give you a, a pointer on which way to go and, and, and help you through that. And also it's just, you know, sometimes it's like I have a, a health coach that I work with that's helping me and it's, um, it's nice because, you know, when I'm like really not doing it, she tells me, you know, she, she comes out and tells me, but, um, but I, I do think that the, the accountability is, is a big factor. Um, but like, for instance, I, I have friends that I've just kind of worked with over the years and, um, one of them, she was in debt. She had like 20 grand or something in debt, and she, um, she had just been holding it over from an old business that she had. And I explained to her the Dave Ramsey steps. And then about, I don't know, a few years later, she came to me and said, hey, I'm debt free. I'm like, wow, <laughs> there you go. You know, sometimes it's just you have to kind of get the, first of all, you have to know that it's possible. And then you have to want it. Yeah. You know, if you don't have things, I don't think you're going to get there. But, um, but the knowing about it, I think a lot of people are finally getting a little more knowledge in it now. But um, like I said, everybody's living paycheck to paycheck. Everybody's, the 78 or 80 percent of people are, um, are in debt and living paycheck to paycheck. Most yeah. people have 6,000 in, in um, just credit card bills, and a lot of people have a lot of student loans. Yeah, and uh, so from what I understood you up. saying is that um, it's not time to recognize that you need a financial coach when you're in debt necessarily. Maybe you don't need a huge ball of debt to hire a financial coach, but really just any time it's a good idea to have somebody that you can trust, that you can uh, go to to hold you accountable. Right, it's just... It's a little like a mentor situation, um, but it's also, I mean, obviously you're paying for that, but it's a, that's what we mean by coaching. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's not like you're not going to sit down with me and I'm going to tell you, you got to do this, this, and this. You're going to sit down with me and we're going to say, what, what, do you, what do you want in life? Like, where do you want to be in life? What's your, what's your dream goal? What's your dream life? That's why I called it dream life, uh, financial coaching. What's your dream life? What, you know, that's, um, that's something that I think some of this uh, millennials kind of get now a little more. They, um, they realize that you can build your life um, around a concept. Like you, you build your life up um, the way you want to live it. So for instance, there's guys that, uh, and women on YouTube that do YouTube for travel videos because they like to travel. So that's what they do, they do business. Um, those, those types of things are possible, especially now. There's a lot of stuff possible now with all the internet going on. Yeah. Another thing oh, is, yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Um, a number one reason for the ending of of marriages in divorce is money. Would you agree with that? Money and money problems is what we say. Yeah, money and money problems are okay. the, the number one reason for And today on your blog, I saw that you released a, a topic called Ways That Counseling for Debt Can Save Your Marriage. And I thought it would just be a good right. topic for our listeners for you to bring a little more insight into of what you offer. Well, I'm married, so <laughs> I uh, come to it from that perspective. Yeah. I um. When I first started with my wife, we um, we were both very independent people, and we kind of got together. We're in love, but it, it's also you know a relationship. It's a business relationship and a and everything else. So there's there's kind of a a point where you we we weren't putting our money together yet. Um, for a long time, we hadn't, and it got to the point where I was um, paying a lot of the bills out of my account, and then she would pay me back, and it's like, you know, this isn't making any sense, and we weren't on the same page at all. Like, I think that's the big thing is you're not going to be on the same page because if your money isn't going in the same place and it isn't going towards the same thing, you're not really married. You're not really, 
you're not really partners. You're not really working towards something together. And I think that's the key. I, w mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend to put put your money together immediately when you get married, because that's mm -hmm. you've got to understand that when you get married, the um, that's the Lord has put us together as now uh, uh, we're one flesh. Yes. So we we need to be yoked together and go in the right direction. Yeah. And personally, I'm 22 years old and I'm not married. And so that's always something that I've thought about too, is like, is it, what is best? Is it best to keep it separate? Is it best to put it together? Like I've heard different people talk about it different ways. And so I think that's a really good aspect and a good insight of, yes, put it together. We are one flesh. That's what the Bible says. Right. I think, I I think I've seen a lot of people both ways. And I, I think that the people who don't put it together are usually not on the same page. They're not heading in the mm -hmm. right direction. They're not heading in the same direction, which is the problem. Yeah. I don't know about our listeners, but that really helps me out. So thank you. Thanks for that word. I really appreciate it. Praise God. Yeah. Um, a couple of those things that you wrote in that post today was, um, I'll just read a couple of those things that caught my eye, was um, what you may not realize is that working with a certified financial advisor can help save your marriage. And another thing you said was, um, you can actually have a chain, you can actually have a chance to bond over great management strategies. And another thing was less financial stress means a happier marriage. Can you take us deeper in that concept? Yeah, so all three of those things are correct. The um, I, I think, like I was saying, when you're yoked with your wife and you're going in the same direction and everything is is the same, I think that you're just going to have a more pleasant marriage anyway because you're now you're working together and you're working on the same cause. Uh, so I think that's a big part of it. The um, you know, money is one of those things that a lot of people get and they they they're afraid of talking about it. A lot of people don't understand it. But uh, yeah, bonding over it, I think. So we don't really do budgeting, and and that's kind of that's not something that I recommend. But um, being that I have ADD and um, <laughs> my wife doesn't really want to look at it, yeah, uh, we we have, we've looked at it, but we haven't gone high into it. Um, I'm of the opinion that we should both have equal discussion and equal opportunity to to be involved in in the the finances. But she really just wants to leave most of that to me. So that's um. That's something that um, that I do as the husband, as the father, the husband, um, yeah. move us in the right direction. But um, the uh, you know when you're when you're out of debt, which we're not yet, um, when you're out of debt, you're going to be able to save for things like going on vacation. Let's say you want to go to Hawaii, that's like ten grand. Mm -hmm. So you got to put something away. You know, if you want to go save for a couple of years to get there, or a year, depending on how much you make and how much you you can do. That's something that you'd be able to do with your wife and and when you do that and you've paid for it up front you're not in a situation where you're stressed about it the yeah whole time. the whole time I actually went to yeah a couple times now and um it's just totally different than previously where we we've gone she likes to travel we go to like um europe and stuff and past in the past sometimes you know a lot of that's like oh i can't really do that because of the money you know but i i like to have it all paid for and then when i get there you know everything's paid for except for the food and stuff and i, I just have money in the bank for that yeah um if you do like a three thousand or a one thousand dollar vacation it's the same thing i used to go um just drive up to uh maine and new hampshire area um on my own just when i was single um but it, it's nice like i said to um to have that money and not have to um not have to worry about whether you're going to bounce a check or something yeah exactly yeah from my experience um this year i've been able to do some different missions work and I was in Hawaii for three months doing missionary training and it like you say it's I was luckily able to raise enough money to go without putting myself in debt and those things and it's a completely different 
like like you say, every day is so much different when you can afford it and when it's not stressing like, oh, no, I can't eat or, oh, no, is this going to, you know, all that worry. Right, especially when you're putting on a credit card and that's yeah. like 14, 15 percent. Mm-hmm. If you're not good with credit, then it might be 30 percent. Um, yeah, there's a lot of gutches in the world with mm-hmm. uh, credit, too. I, I, I just I've been bitten too many times by it and I just don't like it. What is your opinion on credit cards? So personally, I've never had a credit card in my life. I've had an open line of credit with uh, my student loans in the past, but now that that's over, I don't have an open line of credit. What is your advice on credit cards? Right. My advice is to keep going in that direction. Yeah. Don't have a credit card. Okay. Um, it's, it, I've been I've been beat up by a few people over this, um, but but I this is very this I'm very strong on this. I I don't think that you should be borrowing anyway. Um, like I said, God didn't say for us to borrow. He said, you are going to be the lender. You will mm-hmm. lend to many nations. Um, you know, that was to the, the Israelites, but, um, uh, but also to us in many ways. Uh, so I think that, um, that staying out of debt and, and staying off the credit card is, is a huge win. Um, I'll tell you when I started college, like I said, I didn't really want to ask for anything. I probably should have asked for more, um, like books and things. I, you know, I think I asked for books, but then I had food. And so I, I, I went out past the quad and I, on the street, they had a uh, bunch of people lined up giving away free T-shirts, and Chase credit card was there, and they said, we can give you a credit card for like, I don't know, a grand or something, three grand, if you got good credit. I'm like, well, I don't have any credit, but okay. So I signed up for it, and they sent me one. So I started using it, and it's one of those things that when you use it, you don't feel the pain mm. of cash. It doesn't feel the same as when you spend cash, and you um, and you kind of just, I think what, what a lot of people do, and what I did was you, you put a bunch on there and they say, all right, well, I'm done with that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do it right. But let me um, just get like a 0% card or a, uh, or a personal loan somewhere and, and I'll move it all onto there. And, and then I won't feel the, the crunch of all this credit on my, you know, high, high cost credit. And then you look at your credit card and you're like, oh, that's pretty empty. I can go use that. Yeah. You know? And so then again, the pro- over and over and over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I think that's where people get in into the worst trouble is when they um they start using the credit. Um I honestly I, I don't want to say it's evil, but it's it's not the it's not the way God wants us to live. It's it's not how we were meant to live. You have to remember God said he he knew you before you were knitted in the womb. He yeah. he knew you before any of this. And and he knows the plans he has for you and he's given you a little bit of knowledge on that. I'm sure in your own life, but also in the Bible to say, I look, this is what I do. Check it out. It's cool. You know, that's what, uh, that's what kind of led me into it. Like I got to Job and I was like, this guy, man, he's, mm-hmm. he's bad. He's a bad, only <laughs> badass, but, uh, he's praying to God and God says he's, he's a good guy and there's no issue. And, um, I, I just kind of wouldn't be like that guy, but I don't want to have the, the pain that that guy went through, mm-hmm. but, but I want the good stuff. So I, I say, all right, well, I'm going to try to model my, my prayer life after that, at least, and, and try to go in that direction. Um, that leads me into my next question is about, like, we were talking about the credit cards and the debt. Um, one of your strategies for financial freedom is the debt snowball method. Um, what exactly is the debt snowball method? So the debt snowball is um, one of the, the debt management strategies that they, that are out there. Um, and it's the one that we consider the best, Dave Ramsey and, and I. Um, I've used it. Dave used it. A lot of people have used it. Um, there may be, maybe it's not the, the most, the cheapest way to do it, but it, it's certainly psychologically one of the best way to do it. So what you do is you take all of your credit cards and you line them up on a, a list from smallest to largest. 
just on a piece of paper. You can just do it on a, a notepad. And um, don't worry about how much uh, it costs per, per, per like percentage-wise. Don't worry about that. Just worry about the total cost and the um, amount that you have to pay, the minimum that you have to pay each month, which credit card with credit cards is usually about 2%. So that means at 2%, if you pay the minimums on that, you're never going to pay that down. That's what that's what the whole point of the Schumer box is, the new Schumer box on the back of the credit card statements. Uh, I haven't seen one in a while, but that's what I'm told is back there. They um, they tell you what it's going to cost you eventually, and if you look at that, you'll be surprised. You know, I think a lot of people look at it and they say, well, I won't pay off that slow, but then things happen, and oh, well, I only have to pay the minimum on this. So that's kind of the, the minimum trap that I see. But So once you've got that on the paper, you've got all of your – smallest to largest and uh, how much it's going to cost you each month you just start paying it from the, the bottom up you, you pay them all but well first you want to make sure that you've got your four walls covered so you want to make sure your house um, your, your shelter your your cars um, your clothing and food are all taken care of um, and then you want to move on to the credit cards start paying off the credit cards hopefully you can pay at least the minimum on, on all of them and maybe a little more right so if you do have a little more that you're paying, let's say you're paying a lot on one credit card just because, I don't know, they're hassling you or something, just put it all on the smallest one. Uh, so pay the minimums on everything and then take anything left over and put it on the smallest one. If you find money in the, the street, put it on the smallest one. If you yeah. find money because you sell something, the smallest one. And when that's paid off, you move to the next one. So you take that, that lump sum and you add it to the second uh, minimum which is the snowball part because you're kind of like you're putting a snowball together, like a bunch of little snowflakes and they become mm -hmm. a huge snowball. And at the end, when you get to the end, it's like you've got thousands of dollars maybe paying off each month on, um, on your credit cards because you had all these other little hundred dollar ones that you were paying off. Yeah. And it just becomes a kind of a fast snowball effect that, that gets you out of debt faster. And once you start getting into it, um, you know, you start seeing some of those go down, you're going to probably, Say, oh, I don't really need to go out to dinner every night this week, you know. Yeah. Let's let's put some of that on. on. It's either that. Oh, you know, I, maybe I can make. Yeah, it's either that or the other mindset, yeah. like, oh, look at all this extra money I have now, you know, that I'm not paying off those now, you know, and then you still have some of that snowball debt. Have you seen that right. happen too? What, uh, where people take the money and use it somewhere else? Or? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? So like they begin the, the method of the debt snowball and then they oh. see a little bit of freedom and then kind of pull out. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I've seen it, but I definitely say I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the psychology of it too, right? You get a little bit there and mm -hmm. you're like, eh, I could probably use this here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you just have to kind of focus on what your reason is and that's when we go back to the goals and, yeah. and what you want your life to look like. How badly do you want you this know? freedom, you know? Yeah. Right. And and maybe it maybe it's you know, maybe I do want to go out to dinner this week and mm -hmm. I don't wanna um pay that little extra five bucks on it, okay? That's fine. You made that decision, but that's your decision. And in the future, maybe you don't make that decision. Maybe you mm -hmm. say next week, well, you know, this week I'm just going to put it on the credit card because I don't even feel like going out. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm not like I know I think you should be laser focused. I think everybody should. I think they should be running like Dave Ramsey says, um, like a gazelle, gazelle focused on, on um, trying to get that that meat, you know, uh, or get the debt paid off. But, but I also think, I also believe that you have to live your life too. So you have to kind of make sure that you're in the middle, you know? Yeah. Um, but a lot of these, a lot of people have $6,000, $10,000. That's not going to take a lot of time, especially if you have any, any bit of an income. I mean, that you could probably put five grand a year on that or even more depending yeah. on your income. Yeah. And I had a, 
I also have another thing. Um, is it true that you're running for city council in your city? <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I ran for city council in 2015, and I, I'm I'm not going to say I won't ever do it again, but um, I'm definitely not interested in doing it anymore. Yeah. And if I did it, it would be out of necessity. Okay. Yeah. The the thing is with 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 that just because you brought it up, people don't like certain people for different reasons. Like for instance, you like God, you like Jesus, and you know this from the Bible. It, it says you know, Jesus tells you right out, you're going to be hated. And, you know, I didn't really know hate. Like, I didn't know what it was like to have somebody dislike me because I've always gotten along with people. I've always tried to extend the olive branch. I've always tried to understand them and, and get to know them. And, and what happened when I went out there, like, I just had ideas that they just didn't agree with, whatever it was. It was fiscal mm -hmm. conservative. You know, that's what they just don't agree with that. So some of these people, they want to kill you. I mean, they want to destroy you. It's not fun. I don't recommend it. Yeah. Politics. <laughs> Politics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, thank you very much for having, um, for being a part of this podcast today. The last couple of minutes of the podcast, I would just like to um, direct the traffic to your website. And what is your website again? How can people find you? So it's dreamlifefinancialcoaching.com. And um, if you can't remember that, I got debtfree.tips. So debtfree.tips, which goes directly to the blog. Um, the Dream Life Financial Coaching will bring you to the, the main site and show you who I am and what I do. Well, once again, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. And if you could just close us out in prayer. Father, this, please use this podcast and, and use this, this time with, with the, the listeners of this podcast to just fill them with the Holy Spirit, but also to, to help them improve their lives and, and figure out what they want to do and, and, and teach them through your word, through the Bible, that, that you, will, you will do what you say you will do. You will always do what you say you will do. And that you have told us many times that you will make us the, the lender and not the borrower. And I, I just want to ask that you do that to all these people that listen. Anybody who hears this, that you make them the lender and not the borrower. And, and rebuke the devourer and teach them to give, but also give them back, um, as, as we know you promised to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much, Jason. Um, it's been great to have you. God bless. Thank you. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.